everyone, this is Princess Louise, and you are listening to the Contributor's Corner on Mod and Odd Health. Up next is a master trainer and holistic practitioner, Keela Carr. Now, I've known Keela all of my life, like all of it. She was there. She was like in this world when I was already born. We're kind of related, but don't tell too many people that. Welcome, <laughs> Keela. It is a pleasure to have you as a contributor to the magazine and a guest on the podcast. I mentioned that you Thank are a you. master trainer and holistic practitioner, I'm going to say that right, during the intro. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners, what does that mean? What do you do? Um, okay, so first of all, thank you for having me. And what I do is um, I, I'm a trainer. I am a master trainer. And what that simply means is that my skill set um, is going to take you just a little bit beyond um, what the average Joe or Jane trainer is going to be able to do. So let's say you have an injury and you go to um, your insurance will cover some visits at a rehab facility. And then once those visits are over, once insurance stops covering and you're not healed completely, I'm the person that can then pick up the ball and take you the rest of the way with your healing. Um, whereas the average trainer in a gym doesn't have that set of skills to do rehabilitative work. Um, so that's, that's what my, my, my training skills are. As far as being a holistic practitioner, um, I am a believer in self-care. And what can you do at every angle, every end, your food, your environment? And that's what a lot of that is about. Let's, let's eat foods that have medicinal purposes. Let's um, change our environment so that we are not exposing ourselves to deadly poisons, deadly toxins, sometimes by accident with some of our cleaning products, um, some of our um, beauty products. Um, and so that's, that's what that's about. Thank you. Now, I've had horrible experiences with trainers from the local gym. Um, as some of you know, I have fibromyalgia, and I wanted to work out. And I explained to the trainer, this is what I have. There's some things that we need to be mindful of. And they ignored every single thing that I did. Mm. And I ended up being in bed rest for about two weeks. Went and got mm. a doctor's note and told them that I would sue them if they didn't let me out of my contract. Because they wow. actually caused more harm than good. Um, and so I appreciate, you know, you being a master trainer. I appreciate um, trainers like you who actually listen and know about these particular illnesses and rehabilitation and things like that because people are out here getting hurt. And how do you, this wasn't even one of my questions, but for someone like me, what type of questions do you ask when you're looking for a trainer? Um, one, one of the, the first things that, um, wow, I'm just, I'm really taken, I'm, I'm almost speechless with what your experience um, was. I, I didn't know that. But one of the things that you have to look for in a trainer is you are looking, number one, for a trainer that is a nationally certified trainer. You want a trainer that is a trainer even when he or she is outside of the gym. Um, and what I mean is there are some, some facilities that they, ha they have their own training um, certification, so to speak. And so they will put an ad in the paper and they'll say, oh, 
we're looking for trainers. And any person can come in off the street, and they will take that person through their hiring process, and then they'll take them through like a little, I don't know, maybe a, a week um, training process, and then that person completes that facility's training process, and they are a trainer under the umbrella of that facility. That Stop. They are – yeah, this is true. And then they, they are a trainer under that facility. When they are in that building, they are a trainer. But that does not mean that that person is a nationally certified trainer. Um, they are not certified outside of that building. They are a trainer when they are in that building on that property. Other than that, they are not. And sometimes people people can um, step outside of their scope of practice, so to speak. Oh, I can train you. I, I can train you. And just because you're a trainer doesn't mean that you are a doctor or rehab. No trainer, not even myself as a master trainer. We should not be diagnosing. We should not be prescribing. Um, none of that. And sometimes you get some person that is, um, we'll call it overzealous, and they they step way outside of their scope of practice, and that's how you end up getting a person hurt. Um, and as a trainer, you have to be willing to, for me, and I can only speak for myself, for me, um, my, my main objective, my main goal is to see and hear my clients, see and hear my potential clients. If a client comes to me and I cannot help them, I am not so driven by, oh, I got to get that money. I got to get this big payout from this person. Um, I have to be willing to say, hey, you know what? It would be nice to have clients that come in and drop the big bucks, but I have to realize, hey, you know what? This person is is not someone that I can help. I have to be willing to put my ego aside and refer them out to a person that can help them. And I think that sometimes that's hard to do. For some trainers, all trainers want to be, you know, I, oh, my trainer is the hero. I get it. But you have to be able to step outside of your, your trainer, superhero trainer persona and do the right thing for your client, even if that is, hey, I've worked with you and we have come to a point where we can't work together anymore because I don't have this skill set. I need to refer you out to someone else. And you gotta be you gotta be willing to do it. You have to. You always have to be in that mindset. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it, Dow. I've looked through your Instagram account, and your pics on your account look way different than most women trainers. Ninety nine percent of the pics on your Instagram account of are your clients, and not any of you. Why is that? Well, um. <laughs> I have, I want to. I, I want to say nice things. I, I love. I love my brother, my fellow trainers. I, I I know their mindset. I get what they're doing. But for me, um, I feel like the market, especially the social media market, is already saturated with um, with trainers who are showing themselves. Um, and I I don't see how a picture of my behind can help convey what my skill set is. I have been a trainer. I have been working in the health and fitness industry for, this is my 24th year. Um, I have gained, in that time, I have gained some skills. I have gained a real skill set. 
um, and I don't see how showing pictures of my behind conveys that. And so I have just chosen to um, do something a little different. I want to show there are people on social, my social media account goes everywhere. And so there, I want people to see, hey, there are people who are 74 years old doing squats on BOSU balls. I want my clients and what I am able to help my clients do to inspire, to encourage, to let someone know, hey, you know what, you're not feeling well today, but this person has the same issue or an issue that's similar to yours, and look at what he or she is doing. You can do this. You don't feel well today, but you are going to feel fantastic tomorrow. And even if you don't feel fantastic tomorrow, there is hope. Look at what this person with this same thing can get up and do. You can do it too. And I just don't see how pictures of my behind can do that for anybody. And so I have chosen, again, to take my ego out of what I'm doing and roll my sleeves up and do my job. And I really feel like for me, for Kila, that is, that's my job. And that's why my social media account looks the way that it does. Thank you for that. Um, even with the magazine being on social media and me liking posts and trying to interact with posts, I'm like, if I see another ass in some teeny tiny short shorts, <laughs> I know. Like, like, do you, boo? I'm glad that you love yourself. But right, I don't right. understand how this is inspiring others to want to help. Sometimes I it makes me it. feel bad. I'm like, I don't look like that. I don't think I'll ever be able to look like that. Can we show like real bodies doing some real work? And 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 that that is another that's another part of it for me. I'm a trainer. I, I've been a trainer for a long time. I'm I'm in great shape. I, I but to me, it's redundant. It's redundant. It's so. Uh, oh, there's another picture of your behind. Oh, there's another picture of your behind. I, I, for me, that isn't that isn't getting across what it is I want to get across. Um, and I work I work with, I have I I think my youngest client is 17 years old, and I I try desperately every session to instill in her that she is good enough as a young woman. You are good enough, and the body that you see on Instagram is not your body. That's someone else's body, that's someone else's work, that's someone else's genetics, Those, that's not yours. Let's work with what you have. And I think that when young women see these pictures over and over and over again, it, it, it tells them, number one, you're not good enough. You, you're, not, you're not enough. Um, you, you, what you have is less than. And that, that isn't what I'm trying to, that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I'm trying to do with, with my younger female clients. I want them to be strong in themselves. I want them to know, hey, what I've got is good enough, and this, this is good. I mean, this is my body, and I'm going to take care of it the way that I need to, and it doesn't have to look just like whoever's on Instagram or whoever on a magazine cover. So, yeah, that's, that's why I really try and steer away from that. Thank you, and I appreciate it as someone who looks at those photos and be like, I don't think I can ever get that way, especially with, you know, my health issues and concerns. Well, Tessa's not working out four hours a day. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> is. Nobody I'm is. like, it's just not going to happen. Like, I have a life and, and a business, 
and all of that. And speaking of having a life, your article for the magazine actually talks about exercise and fitness after having a baby. So what was pregnancy like for you? What was um, post-pregnancy like for you being a trainer and then trying to work with the body that you have now? Well, that is um, a very interesting question. Um, having, a, well, first of all, I, I had a baby um, in what the the obstetrician called my later years. Um, I I got pregnant when I was 30, 35, 30, I was 36. And so, um, as you well know, that is when you go into an office and they say, oh, this is a geriatric pregnancy. And that was so lovely to hear that. And um, (laughs) You're already high. You've already already, been yeah. (laughs) Right. I'm already, I'm I'm past. In fact, true story, when I I went to my first um, appointment, the nurse, um, was an older woman, and she looked at me and she said, "Well, you you sure waited long enough to have a baby." And I said, "Oh, did I? I I just I thought I was just living my life and and enjoying my life and doing some other amazing things." And she said, mm, "You got one foot in the bucket." And wow. That, that, yeah. And so that that was my lead into being an old an older mother and so when the doctor did come in and he said how old are you and I told him my age and he said you're in really fantastic shape so um, for me the saving grace um, despite my age was that I I was in really what they said excellent physical health and physical condition however um, you know I mean you're still 36 and and pregnant Um, I my pregnancy was was a dream. I didn't have morning sickness. I didn't have high blood pressure issues. I trained every single day, just like I had always done. I still did squats. I did lunges. Um, my my labor and delivery, on the other hand, were an absolute nightmare. Um, really? I, yes, I labored. I ended up, um, I carried my son for 41 weeks and six days. Um, I just, I failed, I failed to progress in labor. Um, I went in, I ended up having to um, have my labor um, induced. And so I went to the hospital and they immediately start you up on Pitocin. And I, I believe that I had synthetic Pitocin. So I labored with the Pitocin for 75 hours. What they failed to tell you, what they failed to tell you is that one of the side effects of Pitocin, of synthetic Pitocin, is that it's a blood thinner. And so after laboring and failing to progress um, in my labor, I think I dilated to probably about four centimeters, and I held right there. So they came in, and the, the nurse said, you're going to have to have a C-section. Um, they broke my water. Um, Sawyer was mm-hmm. under some distress. He had pooped in the water, and so he, we had meconium in the water. We needed to get him out. Um, so things got very intense very quickly, um, and we went from, you know, oh, you're laboring, you'll you'll come along, the first baby is like this, to we got to get this baby out right now. Um, so I immediately went from 75 hours of laboring with the with the pitocin. They make that first cut in the um, delivery in the labor and delivery room in OR for the C-section, and I bled out, and I laid there and nearly mm. bled to death. They were removing basins of blood from under the bed. Um, 
And for some reason, I did not die that day. And um, I, the, the doctor who delivered Sawyer, his name was Dr. John Sweet, and he came in to see me the next day on a Sunday. Um, I, I delivered Sawyer at um, 7, or I'm sorry, 554 um, in, the, in the evening, on a Saturday evening, and Dr. Sweet came and saw me the next day on a Sunday afternoon, and he said, I've been delivering babies for 30-plus years, and I've never lost a mother. You were almost my first. I cannot believe you were up walking around. And that that was my experience. And I had that baby on a Saturday, and I didn't die on Saturday night or Sunday, and they sent us home on Monday, and boof, there you go. And um, that part was traumatic. Nobody, nobody tells you all of that. These are the things that could go wrong. And I think that sometimes we get um, – we get real, real um, nailed down to this is my birth plan and I'm going to have it this way. When really, in 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 hindsight, I look at that situation now and I and I wish that somebody had said, listen, these are the things that can go wrong. Um, your main objective should be to get in and get your baby and come out alive and with a healthy baby. That's what you need to do. Um, you got to be flexible in your birth plan. You have to be. You got to be flexible um, with with this situation. I mean, this this is still a very, even though we've done it for the longest of time, it's still a very serious. I'm not going to say dangerous, but it's still a really serious situation. Bringing another human being into the world, um, anything can happen, and you got to be flexible. Uh, and that was my experience, and so I try to be now very um, very open with other mothers, with other expectant mothers, with young mothers, not, not to frighten them, but to tell them these are, th- these are the things that could happen, and you need to, you need to be aware. So that, that was my experience. Wow, I didn't even know that that had happened to you. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. Now, I've, been, I've been reading a lot of articles, especially about uh, black women and how risky it yes. is. Even now, yes. to yes. be pregnant and to have a baby and the, the number of women that are dying during this process compared women to color. Women other color. women. Yes. 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 And, and I'm I like, think- I think I, I recently read that um, our our uh, mortality rate is that of a third world country. Oh man! Yes, and that that is frightening. But it's 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 also it has galvanized me into action. I just this morning was looking at um, be at some big certifications. I'm looking at um, adding to my resume. Um, the corrective exercise specialist that is a specialist um, with pre and postnatal um, work for women of color because we are this is dangerous man this is dangerous and we need to be doing everything during that pregnancy to make sure that we are healthy um, to to go through labor and delivery and then that that postpartum that tenth and eleventh month of pregnancy those months after having that baby. 
Exactly. And what about post-pregnancy? What was exercise and fitness? Was it any different? Was it the same? Did you hop back on and do all those things that you did before? What did that look like? Oh, no, 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 no. There was no hopping. <laughs> no, no, no. There, there was no hopping. Um, you know, when you have a C-section, they, they cut you open and they pile your, they pile your guts on your belly, and then they don't put it back together like a puzzle. They cram it back in there. They just stick it in and sew you up. And, um, and so I, I didn't have um, – mostly I, I, it was just really the hardest feeling to, um, to describe. I felt like a baby giraffe on roller skates, just very wobbly. I wasn't stable um, and strong like I had been. But I also I – also, I did not give myself the pressure of – what do the kids call it now? The snapback, getting that body back. I, I knew that I had been through something that was, whoa, really not to be dramatic, but it, it was traumatic. My body had experienced a trauma. I've never had any type of abdominal surgery. They had cut my muscles. They had reached inside and taken my organs out, put them on my belly, pulled a human being out of me, and they crammed everything back in, sewed me up, and literally – sent me home in less than 48 hours. That was, that was trauma to my body, and I'm glad that I was aware of that. And so, no, I did not try to go hard charging right back into the gym. I sat down. I nursed my baby. Um, I don't, for me, I, I didn't have that pressure of get up, go, got to go back to work, got to get out, got to move. Um, I sat down. I nursed my baby. Um, and I think probably after about, when I had been released after that first six weeks, I think I still gave myself another three weeks, and I put Sawyer in the stroller, and and um, I took a walk. And uh, you, your body is different. You 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 those muscles are stretched. The hormones are different. You create a, a hormone called relaxin, and that helps your ligaments to stretch. And it takes quite some time for that, that hormone to go back down to its normal level and for those ligaments to kind of do what they did before. And so you feel wobbly if you're nursing. You're, I've always been rather flat-chested, and then I had these enormous milk-filled boobs that pulled on my back. My back was sore all the time. Um, I had horrible posture. I, I, I mean, it's a lot. No, there wasn't any hopping right back. Here was probably about a good six or seven months old before I really started to feel like, huh, look, I can take a walk and I'm not hunched over the back of the stroller. It was it was quite some time, and um, I'm glad that I, I gave myself that time and I really try 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 my best now with 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 expectant mothers and with new moms to tell them take your time, take your time. You just You've just done something absolutely incredible. Take your time. Sit in the greatness of what you've just done. You grew a person. You got him out. Take your time. There's no, there's no rush. There's no hurry. Take your time. And um, that's, I, I, that's what I did, and I'm glad that I did that. Um, I had a lot of support um, from a lot of older women. I had a lot of support from um, 
coworkers who were mothers who had, you know, gone before me, so to speak, and, and they said, take your time. There is no rush. There's no reason for you to be trying to get back in the gym or look a certain way by the time your baby is a year old. Take your time. And I'm glad that I did that. Um, and that I think that's important. I think that's really important. I really appreciate you saying that, that it took you about seven months. It took you almost, yeah, a, almost, before I could, almost a year to, to create this other person in you. That's how long it took. And you are a trainer. This is what you do. And for you being yeah. in you know, great health and all that, it took you almost a year to start to get yeah. back into the things. Just think if you're not, if you're just a regular person that maybe go to the gym twice a week. Just think of how much longer that could take for someone like that to kind of get back into it. We just need to be gentle on ourselves and give us absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that we um, we have so much pressure. We can put so much pressure on ourselves um, as as women and then as mothers and. yeah, you can. You can. Oh, you have to look this way, and I want to be this kind. Take take your time, man. Take it. Take a breath. Take it easy. You know, it's not. And and motherhood. I had someone say to me, "You have to remember that who you were when a when a baby is born, a mother is born. You weren't a mother before your baby was born. You're a whole. Yeah. You're a whole new person." You know, and, and you, you, it's a new person and you get back, you get a little bit of your old self and you mix that with this new mom and you're a new person. I'm not the same Keila that I used to be, you know, man, I used to be at the gym on a Sunday at eight o'clock in the morning. When that gym opened, I was the first person to step foot in the door. Mm, not so much anymore. I, I I haven't been, I have not been inside of a gym, and I'm using my air quotes, in, um, man, in years. I train every day because I'm a trainer. I have equipment. I know what to do, but I haven't been in a gym in years. You know, the gym is my favorite place. It is not my son's favorite place. He doesn't want to go there and go in kids club and stay there for an hour while I do strength training and then 45 minutes while I'm on the stair climber, which is my favorite machine. He doesn't want to do that. And I don't want him to have to do that. But you know what is real fun? If we can do lunges in the yard in the sunshine and he can dig in the dirt and play with the dog and I can jump rope and I can do abs and I can do push-ups and we can be together, that's that's fun. You got to make it work. You make it work how it works for you. And that's probably one of my biggest lessons that I've, that I've learned as, as a mom and as a trainer, you, you make, this is a new, this is a new situation now and you make it work, you make it work for you. And this is how it works for me and for other people. It may work for work as I got the babies loaded up in the afternoon or in the evening and we all got to walk. If that's how it works for you, then that's fine. That's how it works for you. But, yeah, it's, it's not – it's different now. It's not, you know, oh, yay, go to the gym every day. Oh, yeah, we're getting in two rounds of training. Not going to happen, dude. 
Babies get sick. Babies stay up all night. Babies puke in your bed. Toddlers come in your room. They climb in your bed. They pee. As soon as you put clean sheets on, they're going to pee on your bed. This is what I know. And then, I mean, you don't get the sleep that you need, and you think you're getting up and doing a long run, or I'm going to train at 6 a.m. It's not going to happen. You got to roll with the punches. Motherhood and and gymdom and all of that. You roll with the punches, and that's what works for me. And some days, we, some weeks, I get a, I get to train every single day. Some sometimes I don't. Sometimes kids have doctor's appointments and dental appointments, and those things happen right when you want to train. And so you roll with the punches. Self care is. A whole lot of things. It's not just going to the gym. It's giving yourself a break when you need a break. It's giving yourself room and time to, hey, you know what? I had to take the kid to the dentist today. Daggone it, that was right at my workout time. But you know what? I'm not going to beat myself up about it. That, too, is self-care. And so that's, that. that's how it is. That's how it goes. Now, do you think that the fitness world celebrates or have these safe conversations about pregnancy and post-pregnancy expectations? No, I, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I think that, I think that we, we put a horrible amount of pressure on, on women to look a certain way when they're pregnant. Um, and I think that then we add more to that pressure afterwards for them to, oh, my baby is only six weeks and look at me. I'm back in my, I'm back at my pre-pregnancy weight. I am back at, I, I think that, I think we put an immense amount of pressure um, on, on women to look a certain way, to do your pregnancy a certain way, to only have a bump right in the front and to wear a bikini and, and that's just, that's just not how, it, that's not how it goes. But I, I, I do think that the fitness industry can um, put some very unrealistic ideas in, in people's minds. And I think that the fitness industry coupled with social media can put some, oh, some, some unrealistic pressures um, on, on people to perform during pregnancy and to perform um, post, you know, uh, post-pregnancy. Um, to to snap back, to look a certain way, to and I, I don't think that's realistic. And nobody talks about postpartum depression, and because that isn't pretty. Nobody talks about boobs that leak and a vagina that's bleeding. No, nobody talks about that. Oh my gosh, nobody talks about any of that. And but those things are all reality of of having a baby. And even if you are a fitness professional, even if you're a bikini or a, a, a fitness pro, those things still happen. Those things happen. That it's a part of it, and we have to stop um, ignoring it and demonizing it when we do talk about it. It's it's natural. It's a part of it, and embrace it. You you still did something really amazing. Embrace it. And yeah, that's it's it's all part of it. But we we want we only sometimes we only want the pretty parts, and and that's not pretty. That's not real. <laughs> that is true, and that's how we are in this age of social media. And 
people only talking about the pretty things and the nice things or the good things and and that's why you know they talk about that there's a rise of depression because as you're looking at social media all day long are you seeing are these people living these perfect lives and you're not right. you know and that can deal right. with having severe depression and feeling like something's wrong with you because your life doesn't look like social media at all mm. yeah gotta be careful with that gotta be careful with it Absolutely. Now, you mentioned your son and, and your workout routine, and you guys have a very, very, very active lifestyle. How do you manage being a mom and having your own fitness business? Um, I don't think that I manage any differently than, you know, moms who have more than one child and work outside the home. And, you know, I think I, I think each mother manages the way that she manages. You have to manage the way that works best for your little family or your big family, your big tribe or your little tribe. Um, you know, I, I really have learned, and it's taken me some time, um, but I, I, I think the thing that helps me manage is I, each day is a new day. Each day is a new day. And the things that I was, that I was able to accomplish yesterday are not – are not going to be the things that I accomplish today. Um, some days, man, I, I get it down just beautifully. And I, oh, my goodness, I look at myself in the mirror and I say, oh, my God, girl, you get a golden trophy. You did it today. But, oh, the next day I'm just like a, a lunatic. The dishes from breakfast are still in the sink at 5 o'clock in the evening. Um, you know, I, it isn't uncommon for me to just totally mess up the schedule and look at a client when they walk in the door and say, I don't know you were coming today. <laughs> you know, um, there are things that need to get done and you can't be in control of how fast other people do work on your car and you throw the kid back in the car and, oh, my goodness, it's lunchtime and your your child is melting down in the, in the back seat and you got to swing by someplace and grab something to eat or get him home quickly. And, I mean, there was a day last week I came flying back in the driveway to get him home to get something to eat. And I had two clients pull in hot on my heels and I'm running upstairs and I'm telling them, just warm up on the rowing machines and I'm making peanut butter and jelly and slinging food and that's the way it is sometimes. You manage. I think the thing that helps me manage is to know I got it perfect. I got it done perfectly on Monday. I got it done. Tuesday, I wasn't so hot. Everything, every day is different. And you give yourself a break. Um, some days the dishes sit in the sink because I have to do the laundry. Some days the laundry doesn't get folded because I had to meal prep. And I had to do the dishes. Some days you don't get it all done. But I think for me at the end of the day, um, if I get my important things, did I, did, I get, did, I, did I get some outside time with my little boy? I did. Did I get some snuggle time with my kid? I did. did. Did we have a nice time today? We did. At the end of my day when I'm giving Sawyer a kiss and I'm putting him down and I say to him, how was your day? And he says, I had a great day. I had, this was a fun day. That's, to me, 
that's all that matters. Because you know what? I can always lay on the floor and do some ab work. I can always do some push-ups. I can always grab my jump rope and go outside in the driveway and jump rope. But my important stuff, my kids, my pouring into my clients, that's, that's my stuff. That's my important stuff. And, you know, some days I think I'm going to, I got a client come in and we're going to tear it up today. And that client comes in and she or he is discouraged. They are broken. And sometimes we don't even touch a weight. We sit on the mat and we talk. I hold the box of Kleenex while somebody cries. I sit on the ball and I listen while my particular client with Parkinson's talks to me about how he feels like this thing is taken over him and how he apologized to his wife and told her, I'm so sorry I'm doing this to you. You know, every day isn't about, you know, ooh, my workout, ooh, my workout. It's about real life and how, how we, how I, how I interact with my clients, my interaction with my son. Um, did I, did I give them my best? And that's for me, that's, that's managing. That's managing. That's, that's a good day. Dishes are in the sink. They're going to be okay. We got some more dishes. If all the dishes are dirty, we can get some paper plates. But was I, did I give my people what they needed? And to me, that, that's, that's the gold mark for me for managing the day. So that's, that's how I manage. I'm sitting here like with almost tears in my eyes when you mentioned just remembering, just like remembering what's it all about. You know, it's all about the relationship with your kid. It's all about your relationship with your clients. And that's sometimes the difference between some of these trainers that you find at the gym across the street and someone like you is that you're not tied down by just commission. You invest in your client and not just their physical fitness, but their overall health. And that involves their mental health as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you're not feeling good about who you are, nothing else matters. No. No, no, and that's one of the things that I'm really um, trying to um, impart, you know, with with my my people. My my clients always laugh because it's rare that I call them or refer to them as my clients. I I always refer to them as my people because they're my people. They're my people. (laughs) I I care. I care about them. They're my my peeps. They're my people. And um, I'm I'm really here over the last couple of years trying to get them to um, understand, to make the correlation between self-care, um, physical care, um, that, that they are one and the same, that, um, that, that all of it, your, your, your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being, your physical well-being, they are, they're, they're all, they all, they all, they're enmeshed. The human body as a whole, you can't just, I'm only going to work my shoulders, huh? How are you going to do that? Because shoulders are connected to triceps. Triceps are connected to chest. 
chest is connected to back. Back is connected to abs. Abs connected to glutes. Glutes are, you see, it's the whole chain. It's connected, all of it. It's in the body. It's called the kinetic chain. It's all hooked together, and it's all hooked together, your physical well-being, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, your spiritual well-being. You can't come here. You know, I have people who come, and they're broken. They're so sad. And I, 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 I have, you got to fix that sad first. That sometimes I have people, and they cannot get with it, and I have to sit with them and say, I said to a woman, you're very funny. But you know what I've learned in all these years is that sometimes the funniest people are the saddest people. And I can see that there is something that is that it makes you so sad, but it's very important to you. It's so important it's worth dying for. And you will not do this eating program, and you are willing to let yourself have type 2 diabetes. You are willing to let your blood pressure be this high because you are so sad. And she shared something with me that she was very sad about, and it was something that was very sad. But since we have broken that open and talked about that, I see a difference in her. That thing isn't so sad anymore. It's still sad, but she's learning how to deal with it now, that it isn't her fault. And we, we have to we have to we have to make that connection. You gotta make that connection that, that you are you are a whole being and you are connected and your physical well being has a lot to do with your mental well being and, and, and vice versa. And and we got we have to we gotta make that connection and we gotta pour into each other. And that's a part of, of what's important to me and what I do with my people, with my clients. This is real healing. This is true healing. This is why I do the magazine. This is why I have these podcasts. These stories need to be shared to let everyone know that healing isn't always pretty. Healing isn't always easy. Healing is difficult, and you have to take it sometimes breath by breath, moment by moment, But there Mm -hmm. are individuals like you, like me, like others who are in the magazine or on the podcast who are willing and have the skills to take you from where you feel broken to where Mm -hmm. you can be. I have, at this point, this area of my life, I have success. There may be other things that I need to work on, but I can say I have a win right here. And so I thank you for the work that you are doing with your people. I'm not going to call them your clients anymore, your people. (laughs) Thank you. I I love it. I truly, I love it. I really, truly love it. I can definitely tell. So we're going to wrap this up. We're going to do our rapid five. I'm going to ask you five questions, and I want you to say the first thing, not the second thing, because I I know y'all, y'all will come up with something. You'll be like, oh, I can't say that. Say that. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Give it to me. Give it to me. Are you Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What are you reading right now? Um, I am reading right now a book about American Sign Language. Oh, very, very good. Um, is that for work, for pleasure? Um, a little bit of both. I just I um I I've always been interested in American Sign Language. I've always wanted to learn, and I am. I've, I've thought to myself a thousand times, what if you work with all kinds, you work with everybody. 
What if what if you get um, a client who is a deaf a deaf client? How how will you communicate? You better be prepared. And so it's a little bit of both. It's a little work, a little pleasure. Awesome, thank you. Number two, what is your favorite food? My favorite food, peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> All hell, so peanut butter. Making those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you're not really doing it for Sawyer. You're making them for you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm slinging that peanut butter for me. I love it. Can't live without it, peanut butter. Doesn't matter, creamy smoothie, cream, creamy crunchy. Yes, yeah, peanut butter. Just give it to me. How do you relieve stress? I work out. <laughs> I work out. I work out. I love to work out. I love I, I love to work out, and I love to listen to 80s music while I work out and sing the songs. That's, that's how I relieve stress. That's so funny. Spicy or mild? Mild. <laughs> and where can mild. our audience find out more about you? Um, wow, you can find out more about me. Um, you can Google my name. Um, you could contact me, find me on social media. Um, just just the regular. Uh, on Instagram. You can find, on Instagram, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You could Google my name. That's how you find out about Keila Carr. All right. Thank you. Any last words? Number one, number one rule, self-care. Take care of yourself, self-care in any form or fashion, and if that's not working, you must commit an aggressive act of self-preservation. Take care of yourself by any means necessary. Take care of yourself. If that is drink more water, then drink more water. If it is get more rest, get more rest. If it is cut toxic people out of your life, Get those scissors, get to cutting. But self-care, take care of yourself however you need to do that. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Keela, for being one of the first guests on the podcast and for being a contributing writer. And thank you, listeners. Please don't forget to rate, to share, and to and subscribe to both the podcast and the magazine at com. Until next time, I'm Contessa Louise, and I'm out.